Hey everyone, my name is Adam and welcome to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. At the end of today's episode, please take a minute and download our free Chestnut Ridge app. It has all our recent message content and more. You can also head to theridge.church to get information on service times and get info on everything going on here at the Ridge. We hope this podcast will encourage and inspire you as you continue to grow in your relationship with God and others. My mom is a selfless person, and she always has been. Mom had nine of us, and I am right in the middle. And I wanted to show you a a picture of the day that she brought me home. And you'll notice just how happy the older siblings are. The two that look alike are twins, Shonda and Erica, Heather in the back, and then Matthew. And some of you maybe who are a little bit younger than me are wondering what filter my dad used on that picture. It's just called old, right? That's what pictures used to look like. But I have so many wonderful memories of my mom. Uh, This time of year, I always think about her rose garden out back behind our pine tree. We had gathered stones from a local, a nearby creek and made that rose garden and just spent so many hours in that garden and we'd get bored and go climb the pine tree and come back to help her. Absolutely remember her cooking, which again, nine kids, there was a lot of that, but her cooking, but also cookies. You know, she made huge, huge cookies. I played basketball and I don't think she ever missed a game. She was always there. Uh, In the evenings, if I asked, I would sit in front of her chair and she'd scratch my back with a brush. Anybody, anybody? Isn't that the best thing in the world? And then, you know, whenever a stomach bug would come through a house with nine kids, just look out. I mean, the amount of work that was required when all of us would kind of go down together. But looking back on my childhood and and really reflecting on my mom's life today, there are so many words that I could use to describe her, but I would put selfless right near the top. The dictionary would define a selfless person in this way. They're concerned more with the needs and wishes of others than with one's own. They're unselfish. And as I consider my mom Nancy's perspective and my father, as I think of my wife Hillary, as I think about my father-in-law and mother-in-law, so many people in my life who I deeply admire, who I view as selfless, I realize I have a long way to go in this area. You know, I I used to think, legitimately used to think I was just the most unselfish, selfless guy around. But then 15 years ago, I went and got married. Anybody? You know, and it suddenly was like everything that I wanted to watch, we were watching. And wherever I wanted to go to eat, we were going to eat. That revealed a lot of selfishness in my heart. And then to make matters worse, we had a kid and another kid and a third and a fourth. And if you want to know if you're selfish, just have children, right? They need things all the time, but especially when you're asleep. That seems to be when all of the needs go up, right? And I just want sleep. Leave me alone. But I also think about other relationships, siblings, friends, coworkers here at the church, neighbors, I think if I'm honest with myself, 
I tend to put myself first more often than not, and maybe you feel that way too. Now today, I think in some ways we could place the blame on our modern culture. That just makes it easy to be selfish and maybe in some ways kind of celebrates that. You know, I think of consumerism. You know, we want what we want, when we want it, how we want it, and I want it right now. I think of social media, right? Social media, it's just all about me. And then of course, selfies. Who doesn't love a good selfie, right? <laughs> but I agree that's, that, that our culture has made the problem worse. I, I think it has. But it's also important to remember that selfishness and putting ourselves first, it's been around a long time. The ancient book of wisdom, Proverbs from the scriptures, 18.1 says, one who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound judgment. James 3.16, for where envy and selfish ambition exist, check this out, there is disorder in every kind of evil. It messes things up. Galatians 5, this is even more powerful. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual morality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, and selfish ambitions. It's included in a pretty serious list. Now God's word makes it clear that selfishness is a sin. It goes against Jesus' great commandment to love God and to love others as ourselves, and it really does mess up relationships. So today, we're starting this new series, Relationship Goals. Maybe you've heard that term kicked around. Relationship goals are things that you wanna work on, right, to make relationships better. And, and we're gonna cover four, one each week, that we believe that you can apply to every relationship, children, parents, coworkers, neighbors, because we all need help in this area. And we're gonna start with a focus on being selfless because if we can get this one right, the other ones will fall into place. So here's our takeaway today. If you focus on yourself less, you'll be able to focus on others more. Focus on, check this out, you're selfless. See what I did there? Come on, somebody. You're selfless you'll focus on others more. I've heard it said by many individuals that a selfless person doesn't think less of themselves, put themselves down, not think highly of themselves. No, they just think of themselves less. <laughs> They're not always the most important person in the room. And when we think of our own desires, own wishes, own hopes, own schedules, own money, own preferences, less naturally will have more time, more energy, more desire to focus on others. So we're gonna look at three really powerful passages today and draw some points from each of these that we can put into practice right away. So the first passage about this quality of being selfless comes from one of my favorite passages. It's familiar to many of you, Philippians chapter two. It says this, do nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. 
Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Now, in these verses, we see two commandments. One is framed in the negative, one's framed in the positive. The negative is to do nothing out of selfish ambition. Scholar J.P. Lau and Nita write this, the meaning of selfish ambition may be rendered as what they do is just to make themselves look bigger or what they do is just for themselves. So the command here is to do nothing. In the original languages, that means nothing. (laughs) Zero, nothing. Nothing we do ought to be about making ourselves look bigger and better. And nothing we do should be solely focused on ourselves. And I think the key here is how we view others. If we view them properly, we will begin to put them first. So the positive command then says, consider others as what? More important than yourselves. And to look after their interests. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't view everyone as more important than Josh. <laughs> my wants, my needs, my wishes, my money, my schedule usually take the priority. But here it's saying, no, 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 put others first. Give them the priority. And I think it comes back to how we view people. I think it comes back to how we view people. If we properly view every person we encounter, whether it's your child, whether it's your boss or employer, neighbor, if you view them properly as ones made in God's image, as one who Jesus died for, as ones who have infinite value and worth, we will begin to put them first. That's simply what happens naturally. Now next in this passage, the Apostle Paul to these Christians could have said, now here's the 10 things you need to do to not be selfish. All right, here they are, follow this list. Perhaps that would have been easier. He didn't do that. Instead, he said, simply look to the example of Jesus, our sinless, selfless, humble Savior. If you wanna get this right, look no further than Jesus. So the passage continues, I love it. It says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, that's powerful. This passage, because of its rhythmic song-like qualities, is referred to by many scholars as the Christ hymn with a Christ song and could have been used in worship just like the songs we sang today. It's one of the most important passages we have about Jesus in the entire Bible. We could do an entire message series about that. 
Here, Jesus, God the Son and the Son of God, leaving the glory of heaven, emptied himself, humbled himself, and was born a baby to the Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless, perfect life and selflessly went to the cross, laying his life down for the sins of the world. Three days later, he rose again, defeating death, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father, right now interceding for us. It is in his life and in his death that Jesus is our supreme example of selflessness. There's so many great examples around us, but Jesus is number one. So from his example, we learn that selfless people put others first and sacrificially meet their needs. That's just what they do. In every relationship, the question they ask isn't, what can I get from you? It's, what can I give to you? That's the question they ask. So they put others first and look to meet their needs. But they also don't seek credit for what they do. That's what sets them apart. They're doing it for the right reasons. Let's look at Matthew chapter six, another familiar passage we've studied before. Jesus gives a strong warning about not seeking credit for what we do. Jesus says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. I assure you, they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now this passage takes us back to that quote I shared just a little bit ago, that selfish ambition does things just to make themselves look bigger, just to make themselves look better, just to benefit themselves. And that's what Jesus was calling these religious leaders out for. He said, the only reason you're giving, the only reason you're caring for the poor, it's just to make yourself look better. And he called them out. A selfless person, however, does not need, want, expect, seek out recognition for putting others first. They don't need the applause or the pats on the back because they know they're doing it to please God. Now, with that said, selfless people will often receive credit for what they do because they're constantly putting others first. They'll get thank you notes. They'll get credit, they'll get applause, they'll get Facebook shout outs, these things will happen and that's perfectly fine. It's appropriate for us to show appreciation to people who are making a difference, but to the selfless person, that is not their motivation. It's not. You know, on this point of people who are giving and giving not for credit, it reminds me of so many of you so many foster and adoptive parents who we've gotten to know over the last several months through this initiative. You're some of the most selfless people I've ever met in my life. It's one thing to care for your own children. It's another thing to open your heart and your home and your life and your pocketbooks 
to the children of others. It's absolutely amazing and it blows me away. And yet, they don't do it for credit. They're not doing it so everyone says, look how awesome you are. They do it because they understand our principle today. When you focus on yourself less, you'll focus on others more. Those of you who foster and adopt, in the room, on the other side of the camera, you get this. You focus on yourself less. Your time, your energy, your resource, your home, your plans, your goals, for the, for the purpose of focusing on children. Babies, teens, toddlers who need a loving, safe home. We honor you and we look to your example. Now, as I mentioned, God is working on me in this area. I admit, <laughs> busted. I admit there are times when I consciously post or share about something my family or group or myself did because I know people will applaud it. Good job, Josh, way to go, that's awesome. That's not all the time, but sometimes I know my motivation is wrong and Jesus would say, Josh, when you're doing that, when you're putting others first for the credit, you are a hypocrite, you're an actor, you're a fake. It's not really about the people, it's about you. Selfish people will put others first, but they're doing it for the credit. They're doing it to make themselves look better. They're making themselves look bigger. But selfless people, they often go about meeting needs humbly and quietly, not for the credit. So selfless people put others first and meet needs. They do not seek credit for putting others first. And finally, they fill their cup to empty it. The selfless people I know who have gone the distance, who have not burned out, who are still putting others first and going strong, they're good at filling their own cup, which is to say they know how to take proper care of themselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, so that they have something to give. As many of you know, Jesus did public ministry in Israel around the Sea of Galilee for around three years. And when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the most selfless person who ever walked the earth, constantly teaching, healing, feeding, ministering, loving, caring, nurturing, selflessly pouring himself out. But we also see that Jesus did things to fill himself back up to be refreshed. And one of those examples, this is one of my favorites, is from Mark chapter one. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place. And he was praying there. Simon and his companions went searching for him. They found him and said, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. This is why I have come. So he went into all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Notice the filling, right? It says he got up, went out, and made his way to a deserted place, and he was praying there. This was something Jesus did to be filled. We see this in several occasions. But then the emptying, 
So he went into Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus maintained and modeled for us this kind of filling and emptying, filling and emptying all throughout his ministry. You know, and God has blessed us with so many wonderful ways to do this. If you were here in January, we had a series called Make It a Habit, where we talked a lot about these things. We have prayer, as we see here, reading the Bible, worship, these kind of moments, time with family and friends, a nice walk, exercise, hobbies, a good night's sleep, a weekly Sabbath. These are the things that fill us. Now, I know some of you guys enjoy a good visual, and you might not need it, but perhaps you'll benefit from it. But I think the key is for us to figure out what are the things that fill our cups? Because it probably looks different for all of us, but you've gotta figure out how can I fill my cup with things like hobbies and with things like time with family, things like a good night's rest and that Sabbath. You've gotta fill your cup so that what? You can empty it out. You have something to give. But the key isn't just to do it once. The key is to do it over and over again. Next week, when you serve others, you're gonna feel empty, so you've gotta find ways to fill your cup again. Do the things you know that bring you refreshment. Do the things you know that will get you back to a good place so that you can empty out again. It's critical that we do this. And I think for some people, they would view this kind of filling and emptying as, as maybe contradictory. They would say, how, how is a selfless person able to exercise self-care? Those, those seem like they don't go together. I would say they are perfectly complementary because you cannot give what you do not possess. If you want to be selfless, if you want to consistently put others first, you've got to make sure that you're taking good care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Be filled back up every day so that tomorrow you can go and do it again. So, selfless people, they put others first and they meet their needs. They don't seek credit for putting others first. They fill their cup to empty it. Let me give you just a couple quick, very practical ways that you can put this into action. First, and this might be ridiculous, but I know a lot of people who are good at it. Start regularly posting someone else's. If you have social media, post some someone else's. And you're saying, Josh, what's a someone else Glad you asked. It's the opposite of a selfie. <laughs> Leverage your social media to lift someone else up. And Mother's Day doesn't count if you already did. Right? A teacher, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, share a comment or a picture about them and lift them up. I have a lot of friends who do this extremely well. When you look through their feed, it's not just selfies and me, me, me. It's also a mix of others as well. This is just a practical thing in our culture that we can do post a someone else Could it maybe in some ways redeem social media, which we know can be so destructive? <laughs> Let's flood it 
with some someone else. He's second, also very practical. I would encourage us to begin praying for the people in our life. I've already said it's a struggle to put others first. It is. But when I pray daily for my wife, when I pray daily for Sephora and Levi and Pierce and Micah, when I pray for my parents and siblings and in-laws, when I pray for them, God does something to my heart. He begins to break me of my selfishness. And I find that God opens my eyes to ways that I can put them first. And it might seem old school to you, but I'm telling you, every day, make a list of five people, 10 people, 20, whatever that close circle is, and just pray for them by name. And don't be surprised if praying for them first won't lead to putting them first. And one more, this coming week, I wanna challenge you to put one person first by meeting a need in their life, just one one person first. I suspect that some of you, that needs to be your children. Maybe work has just got the best of you. You've been so busy. There's always something to take care of and your child has such deep relational needs. They miss you. They wanna spend time with you. They want you to put your phone down. Put them first by going out for ice cream. Perhaps the most spiritual thing that you could do from this message is go get ice cream with your kid and show them that they are first. They're more important than work. They're more important than housework. They're more important than my computer or my phone. Put them first. Some of you have some friends who are going through a really hard time. You know it. And your schedule might be full. Something you could do is just clear a night or two and say, hey, Tuesday or Thursday, I got nothing going on in the evening Could we grab some time? (laughs) I know you've been going through it and I just wanna be there for you. Or maybe there's a neighbor, you know they have some kind of need and you know it's gonna cost you time or energy or resource. Meet the need, cut the grass, drop off a meal. Because I have found that this isn't complicated. It's not. People have needs all around us, but it is difficult. Because I'm selfish, (laughs) we're selfish. But if we look for ways to put others first, we will find it, I promise you that. But know that it's gonna cost you. It will cost you in some form, either time or energy or money or preference or schedule, it will cost you something. But isn't that what Jesus said? He said we have to deny ourselves daily and take up our cross. And the Apostle Paul over and over again said we are called to die to our self, not just once, but over and over and over and over again. Let me close with this. I think it's really fitting and proper that we're talking about this characteristic of being selfless during a month that celebrates so many selfless people. Today's Mother's Day. Mothers are known for being selfless. It's foster care month. Foster parents, adoptive parents, kinship families are known for being selfless. Nurses Appreciation Week is in May. They're selfless. Teacher Appreciation Week, teachers are selfless. Coming up is National Police Week, National EMS Week. 
And of course, Memorial Day, where we pause and we remember the most selfless men and women who have ever walked this face of the earth. They gave it all for our country. These men and women on this list, those in the military, those in the police force, teachers, doctors, mothers, they're the most selfless people we know. We admire them, we respect them, and we recognize that they are the ones changing the world. Imagine if we could put our name on that list. Imagine if all of us, Ridge family, were known as selfless people, that we were consistently putting others first, looking for ways to serve the difference that it would make. Not only would needs be met, but the strength and the depth and the joy of our relationships would grow immensely. So I encourage us, let's make selfless our top relationship goal. And I think that's a goal worth going after with everything we've got. Let's pray. God, today we acknowledge that you sent your son Jesus, our selfless savior. We thank you that we can look to his example of what it means to put others first God, we also recognize that we live in a world that fights and wars against us and in our own heart, God, our sinfulness causes us to be so selfish. Would you break us free? God, we wanna become more like you in this way. We wanna be known, oh Lord, as people who put others first. Would you give us opportunity this week and would you give us strength to put our needs, our wants, our wishes, our schedule aside for the sake of of someone else. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages now, you can check out our past series at theridge.church slash messages or download the free Ridge app. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.